Okay, so we have one little Gemara left from the whole beginning of the Mishnah. Like we said, uh, we started talking about the parameters of a meal, which means rather than talking about specific foods, specific brachas, we transition into talking about what a bracha can do for you. Does bracha A cover food B? Yes or no? Do you have to make a bracha during the meal? Which led to our next Mishnah. Different brachas during the meal, what they help for. And we basically said that the meal is divided into three parts. There's the before the meal, in which they drank wine and ate hors d'oeuvres. There's the meal, in which they washed, ate food, including porridge, and drank more wine. And then there's the after meal that they had hors d'oeuvres and drank wine. So we basically said in a very, very, very um, uh, oversimplification that stage one, pater stage three. So the wine, the bracha on the wine you would make before the meal would exempt you from a bracha on the wine after the meal. Again, oversimplification, <laughs> assuming all conditions are met, etc. And stage two seemed to be separate. Then we said another difference between stage two and stage three, for instance. And that is in the ability of one person to be mitzi everybody, which is what we were talking about at the end of last week. The ability of one person to be mitzi everybody and the conditions required for one person to be mitzi everybody. And those conditions were that there has to be yeshiva, etc. And then the Mishnah said that during the meal, one person cannot be mitzi everybody in their bracha on wine, which seems to be incredibly troublesome. Because if there were a matzah that you would assume that one person could be mitzi everybody in their bracha, if there's one situation in which all the boxes would be checked and all the conditions would be met, that one person could be mitzi everybody in their meal, it would be, it would be the suda. Why is it then that during the suda, one person cannot be mitzi everybody in their bracha one, and the Mishnah says each person has to make their own bracha. And that's where we begin today. Mem Gimel Amar Aleph, smack in the middle of the Amr. Balem yayin If they got wine during the meal, Shu'alu as ben zayma. They asked ben zayma, how odd. Mipnei ma'amru. Why is it that they said, Balem yayin b'seich if wine came during the meal, each person has to make his own bracha. After the meal, one person could make a bracha for everybody. It makes no sense. Based on the parameters and all the tanoim we were discussing, on Thursday night and Wednesday night, the meal should be a classic case of one person making a bracha for everyone. And why is it that we find the opposite is true? Amalahem. Ben Zayim answered his Talmidim, Since the gullet is not free, says Rashi, The concentration of people is not on the guy making the bracha, it's concentrating to swallow. 
And more or less, the way Rashi learns is other Rishayim. The way Rashi learns is during the meal, I'm focused on my meal. My attention is my steak, and I'm into steak, the mashed potatoes, and if my wife's looking, the broccoli. Upper, not to your bracha. I, I'm figuring out my main course. My attention is on my swallowing. My attention is not on you. And therefore, since there's eating going on, there is no way, there's no way that you are going to get the attention of the diners. And therefore, your bracha cannot be made to all of them. I know a certain speaker who does whatever he can not to speak by a dinner. Sometimes he's forced to, but he does whatever he can not to speak by a dinner. And he says, people are at a dinner to eat. People come to a lecture to hear, but people come to a dinner to eat. And therefore, and therefore, no one's listening. No one's listening. We've been by many dinners and the guy is speaking and you're clanking your steak and you're clanking the forks and knives and the waiters are doing, you have like the, the waiter, like announcing this and that. And the oilam's not listening. Says the Gemara, that's why, that's why one person can't be might see everyone in the meal. So it would seem that whenever there's food, one person can't be might see everyone in the bracha on wine. And that's why one person can't be might see everyone at the meal. But hey, one second, one second. In the first course, and especially in the after dinner course, we said one person can be might see everybody in their meal. And yet we said there are hors d'oeuvres served by dessert. So what's going on over here? Why can't one person be mitzi everyone in the bracha on the wine at the main meal? Because they're focused on their food. Hey, there's food also after the meal. There's food after the meal. There's the hors d'oeuvres. There's the paparais that they serve after the meal. And yet one person could be mitzi everyone in the bracha on wine. So asks the tzlach, your answer is unsatisfactory. You're trying to be machalic between the main dish, the main course, the main meal, and the after meal, that the guy at the main meal cannot be made to everyone because people are busy eating. It would seem to imply that therefore you could be made to everyone at the after meal because no one's eating, they're just drinking wine. Not true. They are eating also at the after meal. That's the tzlach's kasha. The tzlach answers something very, very logical. There's eating and there's eating. At the main course, the eating is very important. And therefore, your full focus and too much of your attention is devoted to your eating. At the after meal, yes, there is, yes, there is food there, but it's just like you know, finger food that you pop in your mouth. It doesn't require the same level of concentration, and therefore we don't say the same thing. Therefore, we say one person can be might see everyone. In the, in the after meal, if someone was not didn't have a mind to be yoke, to be with this, this guy, then there weren't healthy. Avada, you're right. Meaning, so Avada, the main meal also, the same thing. Why can't he have a mind? Yes, us. So, uh, 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 very good. Because we're, we're saying we know better than you. And therefore, it's like, the Mepharshim handle. could we say, this guy did, this guy didn't. And most of us can say, no, it's like a blanket rule, sorry. From this is where our minig evolved when we bench to say Rabbi Sai Nivarech, Rabbi Semavon bench, as if to say, stop, listen, I'm going to be mighty, everyone. In order for me to be mighty, everyone, I need everyone's concentration. I need you not to focus on your food. I need you to focus on me 
because we see over here, in order for it to work, there has to be people shtelling to the Mavaret, people concentrating on the Mavaret and not concentrating on what they're doing. This tzlach, which obviously, our minig to say Rabbi Yisrael mentioned, didn't come from the tzlach. Our minig was much earlier than that, but this tzlach basically enunciates the logic behind the need to say Rabbi Yisrael mentioned. Stop what you're doing, stop eating, Give me your concentration, listen to me, and now we're going to bench. And that's where the minig of Rabbi Semavol mention comes from. Why isn't there an allowance for that in the middle of the meal? Because that's, that's more or less what Alex was asking. It, it's somewhere along the lines of, I don't trust you in the middle of the meal. When it's at the end of the meal, like the risk-reward um, uh, uh, ratio gets a little better. During the meal, prime rib... Bracha maker, hmm, so you lose. Why don't you say that same thing about Maya Machanim? is there. You're right, you're right, you're right. Maya Machanim should have gotten everyone's that. attention and no one's eating. You're, you're correct, you're correct. No but there's, right, so just in case there's no Maya Machanim. Okay. And then, now we make the transition. The Mishnah then said, the person who makes the bracha on the wine at the end of the meal, v'hu aymer al hamugmer. And he is the one that makes the bracha on the incense. So first, before we get into incense, the Gemara has a little, little point to make. Mirektani v'hu, and him, as opposed to the natural candidate, he gets to make the bracha on the incense. Says the Gemara, Mirektani v'hu, since it says, and him, Aymar al-Mugmar, Miklal, we can easily see from here, there was a more natural candidate to make the bracha on the mugmar, on the incense, but we are ditching the more natural candidate in favor of this guy because, because the Mishnah said, we're giving it to him because he was the one that made the bracha on the wine. Vamai. Why, why would you ditch the natural candidate in favor of the guy that made the brach on the wine? Says the Gemara, because of the, the famous rule of Since he washed his hands first in the last, which he washed, him, he washed his hands first in the last, which means the rule is that whoever washes first is designated to bench to lead the benching. Because whoever starts a mitzvah, we say, you're up for the next mitzvah. So just like when it comes to benching, we tell the guy, you wash my machrenim first, you get to lead the benching. So too, the same concept applies. He who made the bracha on the wine at the end of the meal, you get first dibs on making the bracha, even though he's not necessarily the oldest, not necessarily the most prestigious, not necessarily the balabayas, and therefore he's not the natural candidate to be leading anything in brachas. The rule of he who started in a mitzvah should complete it, takes precedence. Why, why did you get the eye in the first place? Yeah, and I was like, when did you break? Yeah, and I was, so at that point, I guess it's the balabayas's, it's the balabayas's, um, 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 yeah, prerogative to pick the guy, and then it overrules the regular. We're going to have regular rules of who should lead the benching. The Balbais's prerogative, when it was more in his area to choose, took over, and then that overrules the next step. I think something or like that. Huh? Or someone walks in after the line. Or so yes, that that will happen. That that thing more I was going to discuss. 
Says the Gemara, a story related to this. Rav v'Rebchia. Rav and Rebchia, who were first cousins, have Yasukamid Rebbe, they were sitting in front of their uncle Rebbe. Rebbe was Rav and Rebchia's uncle. So he had the first cousin, Talmidim, sitting in front of the uncle Rebbe. Bisudasa, in a, in a meal. Yeah, Rebbe the Tana was uncle of Rav two ways. He was Rav's mother's brother and Rav's father's brother. Obviously each half-brother, and they were the other ones that weren't related. So Rav's half-sister married, I'm sorry, Rebbe's half-sister married Rebbe's half-brother, who had no parents in common, and they had Rav. So Rav was Rebbe's nephew from two sides. So when we say Rav, Rav was definitely bumping up against the generation of Tanoim. And therefore, and therefore, we give him sometimes the green light to argue. Sometimes Shmuel never Rebbeichanan, even though they were all the same age. Amalei Rebbe Larav, so they were in the middle of eating the meal, and Rebbe said to, to Rav, Kumash Yadich, please wash your hands. Rav took that the wrong way. Rav thought that Rebbe was telling him one of two things. Either like, you're like eating like a glutton. Slow down. Slow down. Wash your hands. Chill out. Seriously. Or he was telling him like, you're eating with your hands and like they're so dirty, they disgust me. Like I can't, I can't, I'm lose my appetite. Please, wash your hands. Like your fingers are so icky from the stuff. So Rav took it as like a insult, which is terrible. And we're talking about the, the holy Tana Rebbe, their uncle. So Chazia, Rebchia saw his cousin, Dahava Marasis. He was trembling. He was so hurt and insulted and scared about what Rebbe had just told him. He was mamish trembling. No, 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 no. Barpachti, son of a prince. Ayin beberkas mezayna kamerlach. He's telling you lead the benching. And the way of saying lead the benching is by saying you should wash my machrenim. It's by no means an insult. On the contrary, it's a kibud. Okay. So now we start talking about brachas on smells. So as with brachas on food, there are five brachas for smells as well. There are five different brachas for smells as we will get to in this sugya. And just like by food, the more specific a bracha could be, the better it is. So brachas mirror food, brachas on smell mirror food in that aspect, that there's five brachas, and the more specific you could be, the better. And just like by food, there's a catch-all bracha, just like my food, there's a bracha that you can make in lu or in makam safik of any other bracha, namely a shahako. By besamim, there's also a catch-all bracha. There is the shahako of the besamim world. And that is what we know as bayre mine besamim. Bayre mine besamim is the shahako for smells. That if it doesn't fit into another category, if it doesn't fit into a regular category, you make a bayre mine besamim on a smell, but it's like the shahakal. It's highly unpreferable. That said, 
let me put all of your minds at ease because I know what every single one of you is thinking. Uh-uh, I made a no matter what you make on, you make a So, it's actually highly misleading because probably for most people, the only bracha and smell you ever make is, is the bracha at Havdalah. And chances are, <coughs> if you're making a bracha by Bissamim on Havdalah, you're making a bracha that is incorrect except by Havdalah. <coughs> because by Havdalah, you always make a bracha on So for instance, if let's say you make a bracha on a cinnamon stick, on a cinnamon stick, that thing you stir your spiced latte with in the winter. So the cinnamon stick, if you would smell a cinnamon stick right now, Sunday night, you know what bracha you would make on it? If you would smell cloves, which was what the rest of you used for, for Havdalah, you would make an atse besamim. If you would smell a hadasim, hadasim, maybe atse, maybe ispe. Asve besamim. Listen, I know you wanted to say is be asamim, but it's not. It's no, it's asve. We'll see. We'll see. Well, when, when I smell you always use your word besamim? Except for Nesim Reach Taib Beperis and Shem and Taiv. But if, if it's not Shem and Taiv, we just said all five. If, if it's not Shem and Taiv, if it's not Shem and Taiv, and it's not, and if it's not, um, as, if it's not, so if you smell an esteric, which you're allowed to do after circus, if you pick up an esteric to shame, to smell it, but it, if it's not that, it's an atse. Meaning, you shouldn't have made a mine besamim on these things, but your havdalah, which we all make every week, and it's the only bracha we ever make on smells, and you're supposed to only make a baron besam by havdalah, tricks you into thinking that the proper bracha on these things is baron mine besamim, but it isn't. It's the proper one for havdalah, but it's not the proper one on Tuesday. Are you talking about the Gemara or are you talking about the Havdalah? Both. So like onion kipper. Yeah. These are the types of you would make them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now snuff, <laughs> snuff. Um, it's a good no, because in other words, it's going to be Tali and a machlekes rishenim, which we may or may not get to right now. Doesn't everybody say snuff? Meaning? Yeah. On snuff. That's the only thing we know. Like, well, now we know of any other. Yeah, I'm not sure it's right. I'm not sure. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Bir Alacha, that guy, the Mishnah Brewer, yeah. Paskin's Atze. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, let's you have the. Years you've been doing it wrong. Yeah. Well, do you have the bubblegum flavor? The, 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 says the Gemara. Omar Rebzeira. Says Rebzeira. Omar Rava Bar Yirmiya. At what point do you make a bracha on incense? Says the Gemara, Mishatala Timrasai, when the column of smoke comes up, which means you have a frying pan full of stuff that doesn't smell like anything at room temperature. In order to get it to smell, you have to burn it. 
naturally, it doesn't smell like anything. You have to do something to it to get it to smell. So when you burn it, it causes the smell. So at which point in the burning process can you make the bracha? Is it ready to have a bracha made on it? Says the Gemara, when the column of smoke rises, that's when you can make the bracha. Frag the Gemara, which I don't know what the Havamin is, because the answer is very, very obvious. Amalei Rebzeira L'Rava Bar Yirmiya. Rebzeira asked, but you haven't smelled yet. Just because the smoke starts rising, after the smoke starts rising, you could go and, and take it in. But until the smoke starts rising, you can't smell anything. You have a like arach. So answer him back, like, since when <coughs> does the fact that you haven't enjoyed yet mean you don't make a bracha? After all, when you sat down at the Shabbos Suda this week, did you eat the bread and then said, Baruch HaTashem Lekedem Alech Elam, No! You said, Baruch HaTashem Lekedem Alech Elam, and then enjoyed the bread. So the same thing is true by the smell that you have to make the bracha and then enjoy it. So what are you asking? According to your reasoning, when you make a hamaytzi, you didn't eat anything yet. You're going to eat it. You're going to smell it. Okay. Now, now, why can't you say that, that even, well, I'm saying you don't know exactly when the smell is going Right, so that, so that was the first Gemara, that, that as long as the process is obviously in process, that the smoke is rising, it's deep enough in the process not to be called a, like, bracha too early. And then you can make the bracha. You don't have to. No, because the, the smoke is there. The cheft is there. The cheft is there. By the way, by the way, the bir alacha, the bir alacha points out from here, the bir alacha points out from here, that you see from here, as opposed to challah, nas and halevi samit, where you have to be holding the challah in your hands when you make the bracha, you do not have to be holding the besamim in your hands to make the bracha. The bir halacha says it. So this is a very, very cool thing, which means I know that, I'm not sure what I do is right, I know that by havdalah, I put down the kais, or at least put it in my left hand, when I get to baruch term kamach barmin and pick up the besamim in my right hand, as if you have to hold it. You do not. The bir halacha says you do not have to be holding the besamim in order to make a bracha. Because we see here clearly that you're making the bracha on besamim. Obviously, you're not holding the besamim. They're on fire. You may be holding the, the frying pan, but you don't even, don't even say that. The Bialacha says, as opposed to bread, where you need to be holding it in order to make the bracha, you do not need to be holding the besamim when you make a bracha. So that's... Uh, when you're making the bracha on the smell, you can't hold the smell. I mean, the, the essence... Uh, he says that's far. Okay. He says that's far. You don't have to, meaning it's not about Akiva that you... You don't have to. You don't. It's better. This verse says you should. I don't have to know. Like we need by bread. By bread, you're going to need to 
do something to the bread in order to have the hana, i.e. put it in your mouth. By the smell, you're not going to need to do anything in order to have the hana, so there's no, maybe al chashivas of mitzvah you should hold it. You don't anything away from it, that's what you're saying. Like, yeah, you, know, you don't need to do anything to it. When you eat the challah, you, you need to smell it though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. In other, in other words, like, you know, no like, right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the brisk rod never made, um, he never sensed a smell. He never made a barm nib smell. I, I heard that even if you can't smell it, you should because your neshama still smells. Your neshama still smells. It's nagain nowadays to a lot of people. Right, nagain. Yeah. By the way, before COVID, Ramesha Paskins that you're allowed to, before Havdalah, smell the besamim without a bracha to make sure it's still fest in order to make Havdalah. You're allowed to like check because it still smell. I mean, like, I like smell the besam holder until all I'm smelling is silver. And then my wife like, says, we need to change them something. But like, uh, it's the same thing with like, smelling a, a fruit or vegetable to see if it's ripe? Yeah, that for sure you're not going to make a Because your, your das is not to have hana there. We're going to see this is a din and hana. And then you go and say, oh, this smells great. And you give it to your friend. Then, he then he's smelling it for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows it's good. For yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That really? You should know. You know the best way to tell Del Monte Gold is always good. The other is always bad. <laughs> <laughs> Says the Gemara. Now, now, Omar Ziri. Omar Bhibrava. Yeah, Omar Okay, fine. Says the Gemara. I'm Omar Bhibrava. I'm Harvey Dredabra. 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 Kol hamugmarais mevarchan alem b'irei atzei besamim says the Gemara. All mugmars, all incense, you make on them b'irei atzei besamim. What's the point? The point is, even though they don't smell good till they're disintegrated, till they're ash, till they're burnt. You still make a bracha of bayre atse besamim. Says Taisus, if you look in the little Taisus, he says what the chiddush of this is. Rashi says the exact same thing. Even though the eights is not be'en, even though, I don't know what snuff is. But in other words, it's not be'en. Even though it's not be'en, you still make a, you still make a bayre atzi besamim on it, even though there is no eights intact. Rashi says, saying bayre atzi besamim, va'afal pisha nistraf ve'en be'en elashatim or oila. All you have is the smoke. It went up in smoke. You make a bayre atzi besamim on it. We have to see if this lasts. Hint, hint. The Mishnah Brewer says it lasts. Says the Gemara, except chutz me musk. Except for musk. What is musk? Shemin chayehi. It is a type of wild animal, the musk rat. Shemavarchen alav bayre mine besamim. In order for something to be relegated, to be denigrated, to the realm of a bayre mine besamim, it has to be not natural. 
It has to not grow from a tree. The only way to get, the only way to get off of an atse or perhaps an izbe bisamim is to go to musk. You need to go to a chaya called a musk in order for, in order for you not to make a atse bisamim. So we'll stop here for tonight. So so we don't I don't think it's very expensive to have natural musk. I think maybe like Chanel number five does. I don't even know. I, it could be like all artificial nowadays. Um, it's expensive and it's like a pain in the neck to extract. But once and once we're talking about this musk, let's just talk about it for a second. So what is this musk? Rashi says, Rashi says, Shu Minchaya, Rashi says that you get the musk from the excrement of the chaya. Now that's that's not agreed upon by everybody. Um, the uh, the Rabbi Yen and the Rush say it's from the sweat of the chaya, but we know it comes from a pouch. It's a, it's a pheromone. I mean, it's huh? it's a pheromone, which is logical. It's a what? Pheromone. <laughs> Fermone. Fermone. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed logical it would come from from the back end of the behema. I mean, it does really. Rashi, yeah, correct? That's how it attracts its mates, or that's. Yeah, but I thought it has like a pouch a here, a sack here. No. No? No. I thought it has a gland. It has to come from. Am I reading a book, dude? Just, just read, and you'll get it. You'll get it. I promise. Yes. I thought uh, it even if I read, I don't think I'm talking about pheromones of animals. <laughs> <laughs> but I could be wrong. That's probably more of I thought it comes from a sack. Get worse. I mean, certainly, but definitely. Uh, so, so the question is: the question is: is whatever this musk juice is, is it is it mutter ba'chila or not? So, so what would be the what would be the what would be the case that it's motor bachila? The musk rat is for sure asr bachila. The, the animal that it comes from is for sure asr bachila. And we have a rule, kol yetzimena tamay tamay, and kol yetzimena tar which is why you're able to drink cow's milk, because it comes from a kosher animal, but you're not able to drink camel's milk, popular in Dubai. You're not able to drink camel's milk because it comes from a tamay animal. So notice, milk is not kosher or treif, it depends on the animal it comes from. So, so the question is, so why, so would one be able to eat, um, to drink this musk juice, if you want, in a food or by itself, um, because it comes from a rat? Now, so the case that it's usr is obvious, it comes from a rat. The case that it's mutter is, refuse of all animals is mutter, which means it's pirsha alma. it doesn't have a din of food. Once something is excreted, it doesn't have a din of food. So in case you were wondering, are you able to eat civet coffee? You're able to eat civet coffee because it comes from the refuse of a cat. Even though you're not able to eat cat, but you're able to eat civet because it comes from the refuse. So the question is, could you eat, could you eat, could you drink um, a musk? So it's a machalik rishayim, the Ramah says it's usr because it's, it's a uh, it comes from a tray for animal. The Rebbein Yoyinah says it's mutter because it's pir sheba alma. Mishnabura paskins it's mutter to eat. Um, the Prima Gadim says you shouldn't eat it straight up. You should eat it only when it's batal b'shishim. The point of all this, says the Bi'ar Alacha, is that you see from here, plenty of places can hold it's usher to eat, yet everyone says it's mutter to make a bracha of bar minibisamimam. Says the Mishnabura and the Bi'ar Alacha, 
We see from here that even something that is aser bachila, you're able to make a bracha on the reach, which means reach is sometimes very closely associated with achila. And it's going to come up in this sugi. Already we see this parallels between the bracha of reach and the bracha of achila. So reach and achila are very, very closely related. So the case can be made that something that's Asr Bachila, you can't make a bracha on the Reach, not because it's Asr Bahana, but because Reach is very closely associated with Achila. Says the Biralacha, not true. That a person can make a bracha, a person can enjoy the Reach of a food that is Asr to eat, even though like they end up in the same place and there are particles, but a person is able to make a bracha on Reach even though he can't eat the food. So Asr Bachila.